Hi, welcome to the Food in the Edge podcast, and I'm your host, JP McMahon. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Gunnar Gislason. Uh, is that right? Yeah, very good. Not, yeah, not too bad. My Icelandics is a bit rusty. Uh, so Gunnar is uh, the chef patron and owner of Dill in Iceland. And Gunnar, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Good. How is how is Iceland looking uh, at the moment? Uh, it's 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 looking quite good actually, um, and uh, it it has been getting better and better for a while. Uh, so, you know, like like restaurant wise, like um, you know, it's it's getting easier. Uh, they've they've opened up like the country a little bit more. Um, when did you open for for did you open for indoor dining uh, recently, or was it was it a while ago? No, like it's 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 Iceland, so there there was never any outdoor seating. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say that about Ireland, but we have we're like somewhere in between. We have it's sunny yeah. today, and yes, yesterday was like winter, and it was yeah. sunny the day before. So we have about fifty percent. But okay, so so when, when did you suppose start resuming uh, cooking it for for patrons? So it, it was like uh, it was just like there, like kind of like in the beginning of uh, of COVID, where uh, we actually had to close for a while. Uh, but we've actually been open ever since. Uh, like, however, saying that, it's like you know, uh, in many ways, like you know, we were open, but like at the end of the day, you know, we were barely open. Yeah, yes. So it was like a lot of lot of uh, restrictions, uh, and like down to the point where I think it was like we could have like uh 10 guests in the restaurants mm. um and um you know obviously you know that was that wasn't very helpful uh we had yeah 10 guests and and we had to be they had all had to be out before nine or something oh wow so yeah it was like Jeez. yeah it was insane and it, uh, i presume that is has that that has changed a little bit now in the last while has it yeah yeah, yeah. now it's like it's actually um uh, like for restaurants now, it's um, kind of like the only, the only actually rules that applies to Dill is uh, that we have to make sure there is one meter between everybody. Okay, but there's no time limit or anything on dining or. It's uh, now it's midnight. Oh, but I mean for the duration of the meal, is there is there a limit? Oh no, there's none. Uh, okay, we're still we have this. I presume it will change before we open in in July, but at the moment they still have one meter for an hour and forty five minutes. Or oh, two, okay. two or two meters for yeah. for longer, but this this puts us in a problem for for a near. But I'm hoping by July uh, it will um, it will it will change. But that's look that's good. So hopefully, and um, is, has Iceland opened its borders to to tourists yet? Or yeah, like I, I believe the rules are still kind of like it depends where you're coming from. Mm. So depending on like uh, the situation in each country. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they definitely opened up. Uh, the borders, uh, but it's still kind of like you have to show papers that uh, you've been uh, vaccinated, and you have to go for a test. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, and if if that's all uh, uh, clear and good, uh, you're you're welcome to join us. Yeah, but you're you're severely underpopulated anyway, so it's not like there's going to be massive crowds. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yes, no. So only, yeah, maybe, uh, it's only like three hundred fifty thousand of us. So yeah, so maybe summer in summer in Iceland might look uh, might look good. You never I haven't been anywhere for a year and a half, so. 
Anyway, I suppose the point of these uh, these podcasts is uh, w- which we started recently was was I suppose trying to unravel where some of our speakers have come from and what their what their heritage is and and just to get a little bit more more in, in depth and we've been doing them for a while now with with some people in Ireland but we've we've just started doing them with um, some international some international people or, or speakers so. Yeah. So, well, uh, what for for you, um, Gunnar? What is like uh, not so much your your first memory, but w- when do you recall becoming uh, fascinated with food in 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 a way that that made you feel that like food was was going to be a career, or that it, you could actually mold it to something where where you could actually live your life with it? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I think. I think actually, like like back in the days, um, uh, we used to live like uh, kind of like in the countryside. Um, my mother had like a, a beautiful like vegetable garden. Uh, we as well had like a lot of like uh, wild berries. Uh, we always grew like a whole lot of uh, potatoes. Uh, we had like a whole field of rhubarb um, and and like other like wild herbs like you know chervil or angelica or whatnot. Um, and it's like, like, like I remember, like, like in in the childhood that like all of those things were something that I was like very much so into, um, and I really, really enjoyed uh, being there with my mother. Uh, but however, like I don't think it was because, you know, I I I wanted to become a chef, but uh, but more that like I wanted to become a farmer, uh, and and actually like. Um, you know, like when I got like old enough, um, I started working at uh, like farms, okay, uh, like in the north part of Iceland. Uh, so like I would usually like you know I would obviously like do school in the winter and then like all summers I would go work at farms, uh, and like like I really really enjoyed it and and you know my my dream was always to become a farmer. Um, then actually kind of like the, uh, the the cooking part came later uh, as I was um, I was working as a dishwasher uh, like you know to make make some extra money uh, during the winter time uh, while I was in school um, and and I kind of just like fell in love with the um, the, the atmosphere in the kitchen uh, there was just like there was just something about it and like and like I as well I kind of like noticed that like if I if I would be like super fast as washing those pots and dishes and whatnot like the guys in the kitchen would like allow me to help them there so like i became very fast as <laughs> very fast dishwasher um and you know then i then i could could help out a little bit in the kitchen and and then you know like as as time went on like you know i spent more and more time there um really enjoyed it uh then kind of like one day like i'm actually i'm actually uh thinking about um like uh going to like a, a school um and to get to, to to go to the school i had to have some uh, letters of recommendation so like i, I talked to my um my, talked to the owner of the restaurant and i talked to one of my teachers and i get those letters and and now that i had them and like you know i sent out to that school uh that I thought that like maybe I should apply at like a local restaurant. There was like, it was kind of like, like probably like the only kind of like fine dining restaurant in the north part of Iceland at the time. How old were you then? In like late teens, early twenties, or? I uh, like sixteen. Okay. 
uh, this is like 93, four or something. Uh, so like, you know, I take those, um, uh, take those letters of recommendation, uh, bring them to that restaurant and, and they actually like, like, I was like, I, I was scared going in there because like, you know, it was, um, it was a fancy restaurant and, and, you know, at the, at the time I had never been to a restaurant like that. Um, but you know, they, they took me very well. And like, we had like a nice talk, me and, uh, me and the owner and me and, uh, his head chef and whatnot. Uh, and they were like keen enough to like, let me know that like, you know, I should just like, you know, come regularly so they wouldn't kind of like forget me. And, and I ended up going there like every week or so. <laughs> and what type is the cuisine? Was it, was it, was it, uh, was it French cuisine or? Yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, it was, it was some kind of, um, uh, French cuisine, but like kind of like twisted to, um, you know, to the point where like they could be using like some of the local ingredients and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's like, but it's like, uh, yeah, like at the, at the time it was, it was definitely like one of the best like restaurants in the countryside of Iceland or like, you know, that, that were not in, uh, in the capital. Yes. Uh, but, but still at the end of the day is like, it was, um, it was, uh, like a nice, like a la carte. And yeah, I, w I would say like, you know, mostly influenced by, uh, the French kitchen. And after spending time there, did you, did you travel or, uh, uh, to, I suppose, gain experience or I suppose for me, knowing Dill and, uh, having, I suppose, cooked with you and that, I, I suppose I always see your restaurant in the context of the, I suppose the, the new Nordic style or that, or that movement. And mm -hmm. uh, had you traveled to other Nordic countries to, I suppose, experience that and work there, or was that something that grew, I suppose, also in, in, in Iceland that or emerged? Yeah, I think like so. Like I, like I, um, I, I finally got a job there and uh, and, and studied at that restaurant, um, and um, uh, and it takes it takes four years in Iceland. Mm. So it's like um, you have kind of like three years where you are um, where you are uh, working in a kitchen, and then there is like three semesters in school. So like after that, I, I moved to Reykjavik, worked there for a while. And then I actually moved to Denmark, um, and I and I stayed in Denmark for um, for a while. It was like three years. I think it was like 2000 to 2003, if I remember correctly. Okay. And where were you? Where were you working there? So like uh, I was working first. I went uh, working with um, uh, Jens Peter Kolbeck. Uh, he had a restaurant called Christie's in uh, the, the south part of Denmark, and. Uh, then I moved up to Denmark and uh, no to Copenhagen, sorry, uh, and worked with uh, Erwin Lauderbeck at uh, Saison. Hmm. Um, and then uh, the the last year I was at uh, Commandanten. Okay, and and when, and when was this in the late late nineties, early early two thousands? Yeah, it's like I moved there two thousand. Okay, and so did you? Did you have some kind of a certain feeling? Because for me, it's always what two thousand and five or two thousand and six, where this kind of explosion of of Nordic cuisine uh, emerges. Or it might have been a little later by the time we we, we suppose we 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 heard about it in Ireland. But it was were mm -hmm. you? I were you, were you aware of this? The the beginnings of this um, this movement at the at the time in in uh, in Denmark. Yeah, it's like um, I remember like um, when I came when I uh, like moved back from Denmark uh, to Iceland, 
uh, I started working at this restaurant um, uh, owned by a Sikihau. Uh, was there for like a year, and then um, then my friend Haukon Maur asked me to join him at uh, Vox, and um, and then like I can't remember exactly like what year it was, but like probably like around two thousand four, five maybe. Um, uh, Red and Red Sappy and uh, Klaus and Mas Reflund, um, along with some others, like came to Iceland. Uh, it was kind of like on their trip, like exploring all the Nordic yes. countries. Um, and then, you know, like we met them at works. Uh, we gave them some lunch and had like a nice talk to them uh, before they uh, like headed out of the city. And, um, and then like, you know, like a, a little bit later on, um, my uh, my chef at the time, Haukon, like he was like one of the guys actually signing that um, Nordic the manifesto yes. on behalf of uh, Iceland. So like you know like like even though even though I wasn't like in that company at the time, like it's definitely been something uh, we've been working on for a, for a while. And how how um, when when did you open Dill? So like um, I opened up Dale in two thousand nine, okay, and uh, you know it obviously wasn't like the most amazing timing on my behalf because uh, I was kind of like right there in the um, uh, financial crash. Crash, yeah. Um, but um, but it kind of like it 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 kind of like worked out all good though, because like you know sometimes like. Um, you know, you just you just have to take the hard road, right? Yeah, we we I think we opened our first restaurant in two thousand and eight, and yeah, it was um, you 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 we were in the middle of it. I think actually we signed the lease in two thousand and seven. I think when we signed the lease, everyone was still excited, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then we opened two thousand and eight, and it was like okay, okay, and then yeah, by the time two thousand and nine came, it was like yeah, it was uh, I remember. I remember just doing every single thing we could do in terms of like not only running the restaurant and doing like early mornings and late nights, but also doing catering and because our rent was so high at the time that we we just I remember never saying no to anything. If someone says, can you do X? We were like, of course we can. And, then, and driving everywhere for these small parties of uh, of everything. Yes. Yeah. So it definitely it definitely tra learned us uh, or trained us uh, in, in, a, in a particular way. But I mean, the, the, when you open when you open Dill, had you had you a very clear vision of what you wanted to do? Or did you I know when we opened a uh, in 2011, um, I think we had a certain vision, but then the vision evolved as well because I think that we we were we were learning from this this new Nordic model. But then what we we began also to realize more and more Irish heritage, and and that began to kind of feed in. Yeah, yeah. I think like so like like we had like a pretty pretty good idea of uh, what we wanted to do. Uh, it was like it was like. It was like the two of us. It was me and my my dear friend Ole, um, and like you know we we were we were working together at the time, and and then we were offered this space, um, and we were we just both knew like we couldn't say no. Mm. Uh, we had uh, investors, and they were all ready, and we had like the idea of like how to build out the restaurant and whatnot. But um, you know, we we had just quit our jobs and and just like started working at the space 
when everything like collapsed and like it was to the point where we were like oh pff, like should we go and see if we can get our old jobs back <laughs> uh, like you know like obviously we were too proud to do that i guess so so we like struggled on but like very quickly uh both of the investors they jumped off the wagon so it wow. like it was only us two left uh, but we decided just to do like a plan b and like you know try to do as much as we could like ourselves um you know like the whole kitchen we like we bought like just like used stuff so it would be like as cheap as possible and you know like we were using all like the the possible uh connections that we had to to you know just to manage to to open and 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 we did we like opened in 2009 and um and you know in the, in the beginning like like Lunds was like busy from day one, like like full house, like every day. Uh, dinner was like very much up and down, and like like you were saying earlier, like we would say yes to pretty much anything. Like if there were like like t ten people that wanted to come for like a a glass of water and a salad, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Like yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though like you know we we only had like a tasting menu at the time, but like. You know, we would, we would say yes to literally anything, um, and then like obviously like, you know, we would we would show up like early mornings, um, and we would like clean the floors and and whatnot, and and like start the day, and then we would do lunch, and then we would do the dishes after lunch, and and clean everything, and like prep for the evening, and and then like as the evening was finished, like we would we would do the dishes, and then we would polish the glasses and the cutleries, and it's like. It was like some serious long days. Yeah, it's the same for what what size team did you have at, at that point? Like um like just the two in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and did you have any many on the floor? Was it just very small? Like was one or two on the floor? No, no, it was like it was like just the two of us, and that's it. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of like like how we started it, and then like, you know very quickly we obviously realized that like we would have to hire somebody else or, or we would just die yes um but like in the beginning we found out that like you know we could do the lunch like just the two of us um and then like if we would just say that we would do like a maximum of uh 10 15 people per night like we could do it as well just the two of us um and you know as you can hear we listen to that song a lot just the two of us yes <laughs> Uh, but you know then like obviously like we needed to get busier in the evenings um uh so we um we hired like uh two more guys uh one for them or actually three like two for the uh, two for the kitchen and one for the front of house and and you know that's how we did it for like um for a while and and when did uh when did you uh get when did michelin first uh recognize dill oh that was like a like a long, long time. Um, a long time after. It's like 2017. Oh wow! So you were, you were, yeah, you were, you were, uh, you. you we, had, sucked. we sucked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's always like the, the 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 bands that have to play a lot, you know, and uh, they just suck until um, like like Nirvana. I think they sucked a lot before they <laughs> before they made it. Um, yeah, and like I know all the while the. No, but but I actually like to tell you the truth, like. Um, like you know, I, I wondered a lot like uh, about the Mitzelin and all that, and like, and at some point I actually like <clears throat> wrote them an email, and they very simply just told us that um, 
that, that they they had never been to Iceland and that they were not planning on it. Oh wow! <clears throat> and uh, probably because of the population again, three hundred fifty thousand yeah. is not exactly. You're not going to sell a lot of books because of that, right? No, 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 no. But I, I, uh, but uh, but but at the end of the day, it was kind of like it was kind of like a relief, like in one way because like you know you just knew that that they were not coming and I couldn't get in and all that, um, and then you know you would have like a lot of people coming in and they would be like, I wonder why you don't have a Michelin star and, and you go like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like sometimes it's good to be the underdog, right? No, no, hundred percent. And it was the same for us. I think um, like, I mean, I suppose it's different now, but I mean, coming to the West of Ireland wouldn't have been something that was on Michelin's radar a lot, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, of course, Dublin, um was was a focus because the capital city with a million people but yeah, at the same time it's uh it's still and we're still in like it's still the the great britain and ireland guide or i mean we're in with the the, yeah. the four um so it's it's still i find um uh, i find if we if you were in a more populated area you would probably get more visits and more attention and more yeah. the fact that you're on the periphery um it doesn't uh doesn't always mean that things get um that things get um uh the things get picked up um yeah actually, i mean like if you just think about it, it's like it's um like we opened up dill uh 2009 and uh we got like the star uh 2017 uh so like it took a while obviously but like you know we we as well opened up like acorn in new york and it took us like half a year or something yeah that's exactly you know when you're <laughs> yeah. in, when you're in the metropolitan area yeah, exactly exactly yeah. but it's as well like i guess like for iceland it's like it's like first when when they started uh, the nordic guide mm. then it was kind of like oh a nordic guide like you know then they probably have to visit iceland um which which they did as well yeah and when, when did acorn um uh, open uh <sighs> 2016 16 and like the because i remember going visiting you over there and that and, and and you you're you're back in iceland permanently now like you're 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 finished with with new york for the moment yeah yeah and, yeah. and how was that experience of um because i remember e like e eating myself and 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 um and, and noticing some things but how was the experience of translating like what you were doing in dale to to a, to a new york palace and like and how do, how do you how do you feel that went um i mean like the whole the whole thing was like the whole four years were like a, a, a an amazing experiment experience sorry um you know just to be just to be able to go and like open up a restaurant in in manhattan is like something else um, to open up a restaurant inside grand central terminal yeah. is obviously mind blowing and and like and, you know just something else uh, but I mean, it's like it was obviously kind of like the idea was was never to to do the same thing there that I was doing at Dill, um, and the idea was never to to kind of like transfer a lot of ingredients from the Nordic to the to to New York. Uh, the idea was always kind of like okay, let's like look into that um, Nordic manifesto. Because at the end of the day, it's like you can use that manifesto wherever you are, right? Yes. Uh, and it's like, it's, you know, it's, I guess it's like more like a guideline than it's like rules or regulations. 
Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of like similar to the guidelines for slow food. Yes. Uh, so like the idea was just to to take those guidelines and and just like adapt them to New York. So like we drew like a circle around the restaurant, and, um, and we said like okay let's let's just try to make sure we can get all the ingredients uh, from inside that circle. Um, very seldom, but sometimes like we would import uh, port things from um, from the Nordic countries, uh, but only if they had been uh, preserved in some way. Yeah. Uh, before. I think actually for me, what I noticed that one of the big things was that uh, your 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 wine list was all was all uh, yeah, all American. Yeah, and yeah. and and I have always noticed why um, even in Canada there is like there's a lack of confidence in their own wine, and yeah, exactly. that was one of the one of the most memorable things about eating an acorn was that I remembered. Oh my God, the wine list was nearly all New York. And yeah. it just and I remember saying this to Smillian, he goes, sure, you couldn't you couldn't write a wine list with that. You'd need more. And and I'm always amazed that and maybe it's coming from a country that doesn't produce wine. That yeah, God, if we if we did have wine, I'd definitely celebrate it. But then when you go to Canada mm. or you go to the States, I'm always surprised how much European wine or there's the necessity for look, we need to have this because yeah. if we if we don't, we're we're gonna be less. Exactly. I mean like um Maybe like one of the reasons might be like the price point. Uh, like American wines are a little bit more expensive. Uh, but having said that, like, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised um, by their wines. And like, you know, like working with um, uh, the sommelier, uh, Chad, uh, he was obviously just like, you know, he was just like the wisdom he had about those wines were like was something else. and and all like the friendship to all those uh, winemakers and, and you know it was just like it was like very very different from um what i had been doing at dill uh but as well like you know kind of like tasting those wines and like you know me myself like i, I drink like a lot of natural wines yes. uh, and like you know kind of like tasting through like a lot of uh natural wines in america like like I really felt like they were like very different. Mm. And, and but you, I, I like I don't know why it's, I associate Iceland more with, more with beer, but like it's a. But do you do you in in Dale you also pair like you also do uh, like pair the food with beer as well, don't you? Like we did this in an ear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I suppose I mean if we all, well, look, we're always going to have like the wines and of, of course from yeah. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from Europe, but we try and as as much whether it's some beer or stout or. Yeah. Um, or a pale ale or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and it, it's always about how much we can push it out because when people come into the restaurant, there's an expectation that yes, yeah. your wine pairing, I mean, is going to be a wine pairing. And I've, when we renamed it a drinks pairing and said, well, look, this is your a stout with your barley dish or something like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe a very small percentage of people get a little bit upset and say, look, this is a, this is a, a beer. And yeah. but I, I still think it's, it's, um, it's part and parcel of that process of, um, as you said, possibly applying what 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 says in the Nordic Manifesto and just applying it to to elsewhere. And it's probably why we started using so much seaweed. I think it's because we were on the west of Ireland and, and it was there. And yeah, I don't can. think that was in in our mind essentially when, when we began. It was more of a an abstract um, ideal. But it's interesting that you say about farming because I suppose thinking about your your cookbook and there's so many producers in uh, in it. 
yeah. that it kind of it kind of makes sense to me. Um, and like I, I know when you when you gave your talk in in uh, in Galway, I think it was 2015, and you were talking about the lack of trees in in mm-hmm. um, in in in, uh, in in Iceland. I mean, what what for you are kind of like some of the the core. Uh, products or the core processes that that you would associate with like Icelandic Icelandic cuisine. I mean, it's like it's definitely like our fish, obviously. I mean, we are a, we are a small island in the middle of nowhere, um, and fishing has always been a, a been a big big deal. Uh, but as well like um, uh, lamb bis, and you know there there is more there is more lambs than there are people in Iceland uh, by far. And, um, Probably the and, same in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, and therefore it's a big deal, right? Uh, <clears throat> but as well, like I think, like all those like uh, preservation techniques uh, always play a very big part in everything. Uh, it's just like when you read those like um, uh, history books or you are reading uh, old cookbooks and etc. It's like everything is about preservation. Always, yeah. Um, and um, and you know, it's it must have been hard here, like back in the days with the uh, the long winters and then and you know not that warm summers, uh, and actually and very short summers. So like you didn't really have like a lot of time to prepare yourself. Mm. So like you know, you had to be like you had to be fast and on your toes to prepare for the winter. Um, you know, whatever it was and uh, whatever it was for 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 yourself or your family or like the animals that you had. So, you know, it, it must have been um, a tough life, very tough life. Yeah, I think the same I think the same for an Ireland. I think we I think we take for granted that uh, with the amount of, I suppose, food that we can get from elsewhere. And also the, the fact that we have a fridge and a freezer, you know, and now it's it's very simple to 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 preserve stuff without ne- without using vinegar and and and, and sugar net and net necessarily um, and like uh, i suppose even in like covid aside i mean what what where for you is like i know you you move back and and deal is in a new space now isn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like um so like uh like after the whole um after new york and you know like maybe like at the end of the day like it was um it was it was definitely like kind of <clears throat> like a good time to move back um because like like i'm very thankful that i was not in in new york uh during COVID. Mm. Uh, i think you know I'm, I'm guessing like there was no no place very good to be at but like at least i feel like iceland was probably better than than new york well, I think it's the sparsity. I even think in, in even in Galway. I mean, Galway has eighty thousand people. It's not very populated. The houses are very much apart. I even think uh-huh. it was probably harder in Dublin, or mm-hmm. I mean, in in other cities where you have a lot of apartments. So, yep. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. No, with here in, in in Reykjavik, it was like, you know, you you felt pretty safe all the time, and it's like, you know, I'm not not maybe so worried about myself, but like, you know, for the family, you know. Yes. Uh, so like yeah we moved we moved back here and um and um and i had so i had actually been like i had been looking into like opening up my, a restaurant in brooklyn actually uh i had investors for it and everything and um and uh uh we had like um we had like a, a location and uh, and all and and we were kind of like almost like like starting to um to kind of like you know start the build out mm. uh, when we find out like the 
the whole air conditioning uh, system was broken and uh, the, the ventilation for the kitchen. So all of a sudden, like the cost of uh, renovating the, um, the space just went out of the roof and, um, and we had to cancel. Uh, kind of at the same time, uh, like Dill restaurant um, uh, lost its uh, Michelin star. Um, so like, I was, I felt like, you know, there was like, there was like problems. Yes. Uh, but as well, like like at the time, like my ownership at Dill was like very little, because like you know I was I was four years in New York, so like you know it, it just like it just thinned out a little bit uh, during that time. Um, so we kind of like just decided to talk to the investors and see if they would be willing to to jump on that project with us um, uh, instead of uh, uh, instead of New York, and uh, and they were actually super excited about it. So you know oh, that, we, we moved back to Iceland, um, kind of like took the the full ownership of the restaurant, uh, relocated and reopened in in a couple of months. Um, and you know, and then we had like a good run until until COVID. Yeah, oh, that's actually interesting. I didn't know that you. It was the same investors that were uh, that, that, yeah. that came back with you. Oh, that, that's that's really that's a really good um, um, a good uh, a good story in that. And we're for, like, yeah, it's, it's actually like even even like just to make it even better, it's like um, he uh, was a regular at uh, Agern actually. Ah. So um, so I got to know him uh, there. Like he ate there uh, like more often than most people, um, and um, and we just became friends, uh, and and now we are business partners. And is Acorn still going, or the the, the market that is there? No, uh, I'm not sure if they are opening up again or not. Uh, but uh, but they they had to shut down because of COVID. Uh, okay, because that was part of the whole, I suppose, Nordic market, was it in in Grand yeah. Central? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Then, then, like in New York, like like most restaurants, like they just had to close down, uh, and then like after a while, they allowed like um, outdoors uh, outdoor eating, uh, but obviously, like you you can't sit outside Grand Central kind of yeah. and eating. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I know. Uh, I think the landscape will be. Um, Will be very and has the landscape in like the restaurant landscape in in uh, in Iceland or Reykjavik been affected or has there been many closures or has everyone kind of maintained yeah. a certain stability? I feel like definitely there was like a, a like first of all there were obviously just like a lot of uh, restaurant people that actually um, uh, lost their jobs right um, and a lot of restaurants uh, shut down uh, a lot of them went uh, went under. But I was actually like, you know, there was like, um, there were some um, uh, help coming from the government, uh, which obviously, I think, uh, saved a lot of the restaurants. And uh, what, um, what, what do you see, I suppose, post-COVID? I mean, after the summer and people coming back, what, what for you is the, I mean, how, what, where does, um, where does, what, what, what does the future hold for, uh, for, for, for Dale and for, for dining in, in Iceland? Well, it it kind of depends. Um, like first of all, like you know, what what worries me the most right now is that 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 you know we 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 kind of have a feeling that you know that that it's um, uh, that things are getting better now. Uh, but but I I just worry uh, worry that um, you know it's that it's not that um because like i feel like throughout this um 
like just like the last year, I always feel like, you know, you, you are building up to something and things are getting better and better. And then like suddenly you go like, mm. um, uh, and, and I'm just, it, it just worries me that uh, this might be the same thing. And, uh, uh, you know, but like you, we just have to be, um, be uh, optimistic and, and hope for the best. Um, but, you know, like, like there are still like big parts of the world where uh, where the situation is really bad. Yes. Uh, so it, it feels like a little bit strange for me to be like, you know, to be like, to be here and to have a restaurant that is pretty much just open for everybody. Um, and you know, there is like there is like this one meter rule. Uh, everybody has to be out before midnight, but except for that, it's uh, it's just open for business. Uh, people don't have to wear masks or anything. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh okay. So it's like, so it's like, it's almost like we are living in a bubble or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think and, I think sometimes think... sometimes I think and like as well because like when they opened up for certain countries, uh, like the reservation system just like you know it just took off and it's like you know like it's it's busy like for most of the summer it's like i mean i'm not going to go so far to say it's, it's we are fully booked every day but it's like we're pretty close to it though uh so it's like i'm sometimes i'm just like you know laying in bed uh, at night thinking like it's it might be a little bit too good to be true and yeah. the whole situation is going to backfire like tremendously yeah, I think I think possibly sometimes, I mean, and I think you could say for most European countries, I mean, in the sense that, okay, it's it's like, oh, we're not we're not open till July, but we will get there and and we will be in a certain bubble to a certain degree, because as you said, yeah. there's plenty of other places in the world and there's still many, many possibilities of how this might play out. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, not only if, if, if there's another outbreak, but also the amount of deaths that we have accrued in Ireland, like massively, we've been getting like a uh, grant for the restaurant, uh, a grant for each employee. Like there's a lot of money that has to be paid back. So oh, how, how this is going to be. And also I think as well as people's habits have changed, you know, when people haven't been able to travel, they haven't been able to eat out. And so when we do open up, I think there will be a, a, like a honeymoon for the summer. I think everyone will be excited. Like yep. in June, July and August, we get excited. We go to restaurants, but I worry about the winter and, what will happen in the winter and if people's money becomes less and uh, and people are not traveling as much. So look, I mean, it's, it, we have to do what we're going to do anyway, but I, I think that uh, I, I'm always cautious. And I, I think that just, I, I think that we have realized as well, or maybe I, something I realized that like maybe when you're in the industry and because of the, whether it's the awards and Michelin and I, I think you, you get to, you get to feel that you're very, your, your restaurant is very important. And then when COVID came along, you realize that it's not essential at all. No. It's just like, it's not an essential service. It's not like the supermarket. And, and possibly this has made me feel, God, you know, yeah. I mean, life can go on without, without these places and yeah, still totally, work, totally. you know? Yeah. So, uh, and it's like, and it was like, you know, like when, when, like when COVID started, it's like, you know, it took us a while to, because like at the end of the day, it's like, like dill is like, I don't know, like 80, 85% of our uh, customers, they are uh, foreigners. Yes. It's the uh, same for us in an ear with, uh, yeah. absolutely. And, 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 you know, that's amazing. Uh, 
the rest of the, the customers, they come from Iceland. But uh, when, when COVID started, like, uh, like our bookings just like, it's like, it was like, you know, it was like, I could have just gotten like a, a meltdown, like looking at the reservation system because like, it just like, wow. And it's like, it's like, like, I don't know. Like, I think it like, it just took like a couple of days uh, where it's like, where it was like three months, uh, full house every night uh, and all like steady and good. And then like, just like almost like overnight, it was just empty. Mm. And then it was like, like to the point where it was just like zero. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, you know, and then, you know, we were closed for a while. And then uh, when we opened up uh, again, like it, it took us kind of like a while to, you know, get the Icelanders to re- uh, to remember us. Yeah, that, and that's something I, 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 I'm conscious of that we're opening almost in a, in, 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 in a reopening uh, in a new way. You know, I mean, when yeah. we opened in here first, of course, there was no international because we were just open. So, of course, it was all local or, yeah. or Ireland. And, and we're kind of going back to that possibly for at least two months. I don't think the Americans will be back until August, if yeah, uh, possibly possibly in July, maybe. But uh, hopefully with the Irish people will rediscover their own landscape and their own food. And po- I, I think even for myself as well, because uh, yeah. I, I would also be guilty of probably going somewhere else uh, every year and maybe uh, spending time in your own country is, uh, is not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, and that was kind of like, you know, like last summer in Iceland was kind of, you know, there was a very good summer to um, to have a restaurant or a hotel in the countryside because all the Icelanders, they would go there. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, they kind of had like, you know, the Icelanders during the summertime kind of like, like saved them. Um, but it's, uh, but it's, um, you know, it's a delicate situation, and and just like, I just hope and pray that um, it will it will continue uh, being as good as it is right now. Yeah, I, like I, I hope so too, and 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 for ourselves as well, we're we're planning a, with a food in the edge for for October. But again, we don't know how much of an audience we can have if we, if it will be all online. Yeah. We're hoping that it will be some type of blended event. And yeah. um, and we're also hoping that maybe this this will even the fact that we are talking now I, I think that the fact that with uh, that COVID has opened up a lot of avenues to to talk to people around the world without necessarily having to travel as much and, yeah, and, exactly. and we're and we're hoping to bring this element into Food on the Edge and and reach out to people that maybe won't be able to travel or that they're too far mm-hmm. away or yeah. and 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 enrich. I think this this is one aspect of of, of the pandemic that will that will enrich um, the the hospitality industry. That I think it has made made us able to talk to people even 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 it's been made it even easier. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and and like you know, with uh, with the. With all those um, like uh, Zoom meetings and and whatnot, it seems like people have gotten like super used to it. So like you know, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I think it will help and it will bring. I hopefully it will bring a balance. I mean, we still need people yeah. to to visit our countries because we need some tourists. But uh, yeah, so yeah, hopefully there's, there's there's not too many Zooms. But I I think that it will. Um, I think it will probably help the the ecological aspect of the of the of the uh, of the industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Cool. Well, listen, Gunnar, I want to I want to thank you for uh, for taking some time out and talking to us on the on the podcast. Uh, thank you much, more. The pleasure was all mine. No, I've been so. I, I if you're um, if you're interested in the other podcasts that uh, that you uh, that you the that you're interested in, we're also you can have a look on the Food and the Edge website, and uh, we have plenty of other ones there talking to to many other people. So until next time, uh, I will leave it there. 